1: Welcome back to No Other Pod. I'm Jimmy, and I'm doing the intro solo this week. But don't you worry, you'll hear Dan and I interview future sporting legend Roger Espinoza this week on the podcast. That's right, the book of the episode will be a fantastic interview with Roger. We had a great time talking with him uh, a little bit earlier in the week and we cover everything from his year with sporting kansas city to his potential future and what he wants to do whether he wants to return or not so you'll hear from the man himself about what may be in store for his future uh but yeah but before we get into that episode just wanted to thank you all for listening if you have not yet left a five-star rating and review we would appreciate if you would go ahead and do that you can do so on apple podcasts or spotify uh leave us that five-star rating and review and we'll make sure we read it here on air Uh, As always, you can also shoot us an email, nootherpod at gmail.com if you're not able to leave that five-star rating or review. Uh, Also, you'll hear more about this on uh, currently this week, but shout-out to the Kansas City Current making the NWCL final this Saturday after beating the OL Reign 2-0 in Seattle. Absolutely huge, massive performance. So uh, very, very excited Uh, For the Kansas City Current, I believe Dan and Chris are going to be there in Washington, D.C., which is kind of cool to check out the game in person, so they will have all sorts of reactions for you when they get back from that game. But definitely more to come about currently when you hear that later this week. Just a couple of uh, Sporting Kansas City news and notes uh, to talk about this week. Shout-out to Caden Pierre. He had an international call-up to the U.S., u20 national team training camp in texas so that's pretty cool it's it's there's no games that i don't believe at least uh but it is pretty cool that he will get a chance to take part for the second time this year uh being part of a training camp so he's definitely catching the eye of the u20 staff which is as we all know it's uh it's the next step to getting into the senior national team so definitely some potential there so shout out to kate and pierre And our first off-season roster rumor has already surfaced. It comes from Goal.com, and it it, it makes sense. Sporting Kansas City is linked to a 19-year-old Brazilian defensive midfielder, Igor Jesus, Uh, He currently plays for Flamenco in Brazil. Uh, The the article, if you read via Google Translate, it basically says that Sporting KC sent some sort of a document saying they were interested in the midfielder, uh, but that Flamenco was asking about a $1 million asking price, and Sporting KC thought that was a little too high. You never really know what's going to happen. But very cool that Sporting KC is seemingly interested in some defensive midfielders. I think we all took a look at what happened this year and realized the number six position is something that we probably could address, obviously. After uh, Jose Mari left earlier in the year, Ori Rosell didn't quite pan out, maybe how some of us thought, so we saw a lot of Remy Voltaire there at the number six. Personally, I would love to see Sporting Kansas City go after a real number six, whether that's Igor Jesus from Flamenco or somebody else. Definitely seems like the number six spot is going to be something that Sporting Kansas City is looking to fill and lastly something that's kind of cool that we just wanted to give you a heads up about rhizoma liquid creations kansas city's first hispanic brewery i think we've told you about them before their beer is available currently at crane brewing i believe so definitely go check them out there but something that's kind of cool coming up for the world cup uh, the fifa world cup and cutter starts later this november and we're working with rhizoma and blip roasters in kansas city and Crane Brewing to have a series of watch parties. We're going to try to make it down there for as many as we can. Uh, But the first game, November 20th at 10 a.m. at Blip Roasters, and then uh, November 21st through 25th, there's a series of games. And then on November 28th through December 2nd, there are some games where there will be some watch parties at Crane Brewing. We're going to try to be there for as much of it as we can. Maybe do a little content. Maybe some live podcasting if we can. Maybe some Twitter spaces. We'll figure it out. Definitely going to have a good time there. But go check it out. We shared about this on Facebook. We shared about this on our Instagram story. You can follow uh, Rhizoma Liquid Creations on both Facebook and Instagram to get some more information. So more to come there, but just wanted to make sure that you all were aware of that opportunity. So thank you all so much for listening for this week again. And without further ado... Here is the interview with future sporting legend, Roger Espinoza. All right, guys, as promised, we are back with sporting Kansas City midfielder, future club oh legend, my. Roger Espinoza. Roger, what is going on? How are you doing today?
2: Good, good. I'm doing good. I hope you guys are doing good too, right?
3: Uh, living the dream absolutely man happy happy you're here dude been wanting to talk to you for for a long time so i think you're a lot of people in this city uh a lot of their favorite player so it's it's very exciting to have you
2: awesome i like your background man
3: appreciate that (laughs) my my wife uh, has no more fingerprints from putting up all the thumbtacks things. (laughs) that's pretty Cool.
1: cool yeah well roger uh thank you for joining us i guess first question um what have you been up to the last few weeks? And it's a little bit of an unusual situation for Sporting Kansas City to to maybe have some free time this early in the year. But but what, what have you been up to since
2: uh, the last game? Uh, well, I live in Westport. The bars are down there. So <laughs> No, actually, you know, I've just been, uh, you know, usually when you're done with season, there's a lot of stuff you got to, like, catch up with. Uh, all these bills, believe it or not, you forget about other bills. And then <laughs> when you're, like, in the season, it's like this, Weight got off of you, and now you're like, oh, I gotta do this. I gotta do these things." And uh, but other than that, just just hanging out a little bit, you know, and just kind of like um, obviously try to stay in shape and work out here and there, probably like twice or three times a week. Um, but, you know, just catching up with friends, um, and that's pretty much it. Nothing too crazy. Went to Houston to uh, to watch the current game. Um, nice, and head into Seattle. So. That's pretty much what I'm doing now. Just being a soccer fan around the country. all awesome. the
3: time. It's probably fun to to not have to worry about yourself, man, and just kind of kind of take it all in and and support your spouse. Happy belated anniversary to you guys too, as well. Um, you Thank know, you. obviously the season didn't end how you guys wanted, um, but the back the back half of the season showed significant improvement. I mean, electrifying, just exciting to watch for us, Eric, Tommy, and Willie Agata came in and started uh, adding assists and goals and and helping other people do the same. Um, Was the second half of the season as fun for you as a player, like as it was for the fans to to watch and participate in?
2: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I was loving it. Um, That's what usually all the years, that's how 2021 was for us, is that, you know, we stayed very competitive throughout the year. So it was absolutely so much fun. And uh this year at the beginning, you know, if you're not winning, it's very tough to to have fun, right? You know, that's where you play the sport because you want to win games and and hopefully win championships too, you know. And uh the beginning was very, very tough. We uh I would say we couldn't find ourselves. Um and it kind of sucks at the end because we actually started playing well and we're like, Well, why we didn't do that earlier in the season? Uh that would have put us in a situation that uh, we would be talking about playoffs right now, playing someone, right? But, hey, it goes how it goes. And, you know, we're we're happy that at the end we were able to find ourselves and that we know that, hey, n- you know, next year comes, uh, um, you know, whoever's on the team, they're going to, you know, majority of guys, hopefully, um, they're going to know that, hey, you know, we need to start right away and we need to bring the same energy that we did at the end of the year. Uh, you know, we can't allow this to happen again as a club, you know. And um, for the fans, like you're saying, yes, I mean, we we felt the same. And I'm glad that the fans got to see a little bit uh, of what we have as a team. And truly, we're very sorry that, you know, they pay their tickets and they're at the stadium all the time. And we try to do as best as we can. And it just wasn't going for us at times. And, uh, you know, it was at the end of the year and we almost made it to playoffs. But, um, you know, happy how it ended.
3: Well, and it's one of those things like towards the end of the year, if if it's a bad year, you'll see fan attendance drop down. And it's it's sad to see, but it happens everywhere. That really didn't happen because you guys were still playing fun, quality football. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I'm sure you didn't expect or or I think Peter's even on record saying he didn't expect you to have to play so many minutes. Um, but you seem to like you seem to kind of flip a switch in the second half of the year. Uh, your shots we're always on target. Uh, you were just an enforcer in the midfield. Um, if if you ever if you ever lost the ball, I was like, oh shit, Rogers gonna go get it back. <laughs> uh, did did you feel that intensity in you as a
2: uh, uh, personally? Yeah. So going back, yeah, to the fan uh, uh, part, to the fans being there at the stadium. Uh, yeah, I did. I did notice that people just always come to the game regardless of what position we were in the. Uh, and the standings and stuff, and uh, if you go look at all that, at the end of the day, you know, I think that every player showed up, and you know, you never heard anything coming from out of the uh, of our teammates or the staff, and you know, guys blaming each other. Uh, I don't think that was, you know, anything that uh, anybody in our team said. Or in training, we all trained very hard, so people I think could see that in the stadium. You know, hey, these guys are losing, but it's not like we showed up there and we didn't try to win. We did our best i mean there was games that i felt like you know that we just got a bit unlucky and we should have won and if we won a few of those games that we lost at home i think we would be like i said said a different story uh in terms of myself uh i couldn't tell you what changed um i did feel you know had a little knee problems at the beginning of the season um i could go ahead go and blame it on that but i i you know i don't like to make excuses um I think, um, you know, we all started doing a little better. And I think that pushed everybody at the end. And so a lot has to do that with the team and myself. You know, it wasn't just me. I think guys improved. It, like Willie, Adam, Willie, and, um, and Tommy, I think, uh, changed the guys a little bit. They brought a little bit of uh, something different for us, uh, created more space and movement for us, uh, moving up them and that actually uh brought the best out of me i guess you know and you know was able to give uh willie and tommy uh, a couple assists so that also uh probably opened that you know sometimes a lot of the teams know that hey we have johnny and we have daniel and those are if not our best players right and so teams focus on that and now we brought a little bit of a couple guys makes everything different now we have different movement and yeah, since i think it was a. Uh, um, and also raise everybody's uh, mentality and, and you know, try to be more competitive at the end of the day, you know, and that's what we do every day, and I think that's what they brought. And that's what probably made me play a little better, I would say.
1: Speaking of Willie, so when he got here, he scores his goal, and he runs over to the sideline and kisses Peter Vermees. Uh, <laughs> you've, you've known Peter for uh, – Many years, uh what was your reaction when you saw Willie, who probably has more joy than anyone I've ever seen on a soccer field, run over and plant one on peter Vermes?
2: I mean, he just made Willie very rich, so he's probably appreciating that but... <laughs> <laughs> Have you um, ever considered kissing peter
1: Vermes <laughs> uh, no.
2: he no, but uh, uh I can see where it's coming from you know he's a very emotional player in a way and for sure, I don't know what situation he was before with the club or anything, um, and I think that was just showing appreciation for uh, him bringing him to us and 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 putting on the team. It's like the trust he created between him and Willie. So I think he would just appreciate in the moment. He was excited. We'll do crazy stuff when we score a goal <laughs> and celebrate. Um, and so I think he was just excited and went up to Peter and just an appreciation, but. Yeah, going back to that, I wouldn't give Peter a kiss. <laughs> I'll give you him know, a hug. <laughs>
3: for sure. You know, uh speak speaking of Peter though, I mean, he's a he's a special kind of manager. Yeah, he's uh he can be intimidating, but I know he has his players' best interests at heart and the club as a whole. Um, you've been you've been an SKC guy for a while. I mean, even with your break uh, in the middle to go play for Wigan, um, you came back. So, I mean, what is it about? Sporting Kansas City and Peter Vermees that, that has kept the team so lovable and, and kept it so competitive over the most uh, – over the last few years, decade plus, you know?
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, I would say that the group of guys that started uh, when I was younger uh, created an environment that makes it very welcome on the team. Um, uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I say it every year, and I can name guys that come uh, to the club and – And I mean, there's very few that leave the club. So that culture always stays there. And, you know, you'll see guys that uh, that would just stay at the club and that culture keeps going and keeps going. So you want to be here. I want to stay here. You know, I'm someone who believes that the grass is not green at the other side. I know that we have the best facility. I know that um, the club wants the best for its players, Um, player first type club in a way if you say it that way. Um, and so for me, I mean, I can speak about Graham. I can speak about Seth. I can speak about um, Beasler, who was here for a long time. Um, now we have Fontas, who's been here for five years. We have Johnny going on to five years. We have Daniel. Um, I can name a bunch of guys, you know, that uh, the reason why they stay because the club and, you know, it gives you the best opportunity, I think, to be successful on the field and go win championships. And, at the end of the day, you know, uh, you know, you want to win championships, but you want to do that. And so you're going to stay at a place that you think you have the best chance. So for me, uh, that's what it has been. And that's why I'm still here. And um, and Peter has done that with the players he brings.
3: I like how you said the grass isn't greener on the other side. You know, it's it's green as hell right here. Is this you confirming uh 2023 return? Is that is that what this is? This is me not confirming.
2: Uh, <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> I, I, I hope I hope I'm in the team, but I had to try. But I did say early, you know, that if the club comes back next year, regardless of if, if I'm here or, or I mean, uh, there's a lot of guys that are gonna be at the club, and there's a lot of guys who deserve to be in the team. Um, and I think uh, whoever is back next year, I think they gonna, how you gonna see a different team? Um, they, uh, I think we forgot how to win at the beginning of the season, and uh, now we just got, we just remember, hey, this is how you're going to do things and how maybe in preseason now things changes. So, um, yeah, but I hope I'm back, but you never know.
1: You, you mentioned some of those players, you know, Graham, Seth, Tim, Johnny, you know, who have been around for, for a long time. Um, you're, I guess, one of the last remaining core players, I guess you could say from sort of the early 2010s and that MLS cup run, uh, what's it been like for you to watch not only the evolution of the club from like 2010 to where they are now, but the evolution of MLS because there are so many new teams and players and stars that have come in. How has it changed and how have you been able to sort of evolve as a player and stay competitive in a league as it continues to change?
2: Yeah. Um, it's been very tough. Uh, you know, as you get older too and the young guys are pushing, uh, but you know, seeing the league and the development, I would say, Having the new stadiums and you know more teams and bringing players from overseas, but at the same time, you know it's uh coaches in America getting uh as much as education they can in the game. um there's a lot of uh coaches and players and people who run the clubs that were players here in in the United States and the m l s so that helps a lot, and they see what it was needed from from when they were players, and now they incorporated that, and that's why we see guys now in the United States going to other uh so-called bigger leagues than than the MLS. Um a lot of guys don't want to transition into that anymore because you know we can see a lot of teams that staying in in the MLS is it's the next step. Um and being here in 2010 to, to I mean I was before 2010, but you that's what you mentioned all the way to 2022. Sure. Um the stadiums is definitely, you know, it puts expectations on everybody. Um you know new stadiums and What I was going to say, the biggest improvement would be like the academy system. And so that just, you know, tells you how much uh, the league wants to grow and how you want to start kids very young and to reach to that level. Now you're signing kids at a very young age. And so that, um, I think, created a a different expectations between the youth and all the way to professional, Um, you know, put that path in there. And... Here and there, you add players from other leagues that are uh, top leagues in the world come and play in, in the MLS. And when I'm saying top leagues in the world, I'm saying uh players from Argentina who now, instead of going to to Europe, a lot of them come here. Mexico, um, a lot of the best players from the Mexican League are here now, you know, a national team. You have guys from all over South America. And now we, you know, I didn't see many Brazilians in the league when I was uh younger here now you see more brazilians coming in now you see your wine guys and that wasn't the case uh back then i think that adds to um to the league you know competitiveness. i guess you
1: you mentioned the academy system and sporting kc obviously has had a very successful academy system uh, especially over the last number of years so when a player of the quality of like an eric palmer brown or, or gianluca buzio comes through the academy system and then wants to go overseas as an older player and somebody who's done that um what sort of advice do you give them as they're looking at that sort of major life decision and trying to figure out which path they want to take
2: so repeat the question again here well
1: oh that's okay uh you mentioned...
2: Luka and Gianluca and... Um, and EPB, yeah.
1: Yeah, as somebody who's gone overseas and and, and has experienced playing in Europe um, and who's a veteran player in the league, do you give them sort of any sort of advice or help them as they try to work through that decision of do I want to go test myself in Europe or do I want to stay and continue to develop with the club that got me here?
2: Yeah, I mean, I do. I have in the past and I've spoken to them and to Boucher too. Um, you know, you can see Boucher wanted to... He wanted more. He wanted more and more and more. And so is Eric Palmer Brown, too, uh, when he was younger here a few years before that. And, you know, I look at us, as, you know, going over there is a good thing. Because once you want something, uh, you'll never know if you don't go. you always be like, what What if, what if, what if. So, for me, it's, it's okay. Go over there and, like, just like I did. And if something didn't work out, at least, you know, you went and tried to see how it was um you know and so the thing is the advice i was always telling them you know you have to kind of go because then you're going to be forever saying like why i didn't do this why i didn't do that maybe i would have been and i think he gave him a chance to, for Busio to be in the national team um i'm not saying he would be the national team playing for sporting but uh i think he gave him a little bit of an edge compared to the guys already in the in the MLS so i think going over there gave him that um you know, his team relegated, so that makes makes it a little difficult. But at least he he had the opportunity to go see over there. And I'm sure if he ever wants to come back to MLS, the doors are wide open. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, hopefully he comes back to his sporting if he ever comes back. But now that he got sold, it's, right, it's very tough to get his rights again. But, sure. hey, I, I always tell guys, like, hey, if, if the opportunity comes and you have to go try somewhere, then you should. Yeah. Um, but now you tell the kids at the beginning of MLS, you don't know where the league was going. Now, you know, the league, now you see where the league is going. And now it's like, if you stay here, there's nothing wrong with that because you actually are going to just going to be as competitive and you can make the United States national team. So, um, we haven't had a guy yet that's, uh, you know, that's really breaking through like crazy. You see, um, you see, um, um, what's his name? Uh, k p coming up right now, and mm-hmm. maybe he be one of those kids yeah he's the youngest of a bunch right there, and so he could be a guy that could break through hopefully next year, and you never know
1: he's got to take it from Graham though,
2: yeah that's a very <laughs> tough one. that's that's hey but if, if there's one thing at sporting, and I always said to to the to my teammates over the years um at one point or all that it happens a lot is that uh it was me Paulo. Um, Uri and uh, Peterson, Joseph, Zeus, we're all in the same position, we're all fighting for the same position, but we're all doing so well that Peter had to find a position for the four of us and had to start us with all the three of us. So, if KP is doing really well and Graham's doing really well, I'm sure that if they win the position over the other guys that I'm doing so well, they're gonna start somehow because I think. Zeus can play a little bit up or kp too. i mean we you adjust the way we play as a team uh we have guys playing in different positions sometimes i have played the number 6 uh so if you're playing really well it doesn't really matter if you're in the same position i think as long as you're winning games they will let let the coaches deal with that and not you yourself you know give that problem to the coaches and yeah you do your job right good point
3: yeah if you need to be on the field peter will find a way to make it happen um yeah. You know, Roger, since you are that that veteran, uh, one of the veteran leadership roles, that also means that there are some teammates of yours that are just about half your age. Uh, it, it's wild, man. Like, I don't want to say you're babysitting or nothing, but how are you, like, we, we all know that when we get 30, 35, it becomes more difficult mm-hmm. and little, little nagging injuries, little knee things. You know what I mean? What's your what's your secret? Is it all diet? I mean, do you just never have a snack in your life? What, uh, <laughs> is it yoga? I hear yoga is the secret
2: to everything. Uh, I used to do yoga about five years ago. Uh, but then, you know, uh, once you get older, it's very hard to, to leave the facility and you're always there. So I'm always in there uh, until like 2 to 33. Um, and that's a long day for a soccer player. Back in the day, it's only like two hours and you were out because, you know, you, you didn't eat the <laughs> facilities. We only had one uh, trainer. And so you didn't get to do all those things. Now you have everything. I'm sure you guys seen the facilities before. Uh, if you haven't, I can give you guys a tour one day. Uh, but it is amazing in there. I mean, you have all the hyperbaric. You have the cryo. You have the recovery room. You have a little nap room, cold tubs. I mean, you name it. And so that, I would say, is the... It's the biggest thing for me, other than the diet. Um, I'm actually the guy with the highest body fat in the team. Uh try not to be, but it's genetic sometimes, you know, my friend. So that's what I blame it on. But uh <laughs> um, yeah, I mean I don't you know, this year I had uh, no injuries, which is something new. is I mean, I usually have a um, small injury that that keeps me out of kind out of the Uh, certain games. And this year, you know, I only had a little bit of a knee problem at the beginning and uh, that was taken care of in a month or two, but I didn't miss any games. So um, I I guess I was pretty lucky this year, but at the end of the day, I I just work hard and uh, you know, just hope for the best and either going on tackles or or anything, you know, just trying to be as uh, accurate as I can be in in terms of like uh, not getting injury or getting someone else injured. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in that part, um, I, I don't know. I'm just thankful that I'm one of the few ones that have uh, made it this far.
3: Absolutely, the the facilities are are wonderful. I did the uh, adult fantasy camp a few years back before COVID happened, and go, doing yeah. those doing those compression boots, I was like, well, I need to buy some of these as I'm <laughs> running yeah. and working out and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. But do you enjoy being this veteran mentor? I mean, people 15 years younger than you, 19 year olds, 18 year olds. I mean, can it be a little much sometimes? I mean, I know you have different tastes in music, probably. I mean, what's <laughs> yeah, what's yeah, that sorry. all going, like? Going back to that, yeah.
2: Uh, I mean, I yell at them all the time. I tell them I can be their dad, so not to <laughs> not to mess with me. Uh, no, but I actually, you know, being in locker room, it's it's uh, it's crazy. It's almost like you all become the same age. Hmm. It's it's
3: younger or your age.
2: I think <laughs> I, we all go younger. Yeah. They definitely don't count my age. We all go, we all act like around 12 years old. We don't even act their age either. They don't even yeah. know how to act their age. So we all go very young. Uh, I think there's certain moments that um, that there's this adult conversation, right? Like in terms of like, you know, guys have kids or, or um, you know, guys buy a house, let's say. And so, uh, you know, um, you know, now another part of the MLS has grown is the guys could paid a little more money than what it was 2010 when grand Susie was making like twelve thousand dollars a year i don't know <laughs> being a little too low but like eighteen twenty. i don't know it's a very yeah. low um and you couldn't even pay for your apartment so he had to leave in north kc no disrespect to areas in north kc but uh <laughs> uh but yeah he had to do that and now you know guys if you know you can buy a house now and so older guys have bought houses so you get to talk a little bit about hey how you do that how you're about you know giving a down payment and how that's going to save you through <clears throat> through rent and all that how you can save money and all that so we speak all the time about that and i mean it's a lot of stuff to come into play you know like some guys get a get a a car and don't even know how to get their registration and that's part of life and that's how you grow up right and um some guys never have bank accounts a lot of the foreign guys that are younger too never had a bank account and so all that comes into play and that's the adult part. And then there's just messing with the younger kids um, who never had a girlfriend either. So there you go. So, <laughs>
3: yeah. You know, your, your lovely um, wife told us you guys were uh, building a house here. So Kansas city must be a pretty special place for you guys.
2: Yes. I mean, yeah. Uh, but, you know, speaking of that, yeah, we are, uh, the city is being a little, a little tough on me, but um <laughs> with the permits and stuff but um if they hear us hopefully someone can hear us here from the city that's got to be nicer to me (laughs) (laughs) but yeah yeah, we are we are we we actually are i'm very invested in kansas city i've been here um out of all the places throughout my life i've been kansas city is the place i've been the most and so um i say this is home for me um you know it's it's a great place to be you always realize that when you go to other cities, you always complain a little bit about Kansas City because we don't have a beach, we don't have mountains. <laughs> then you go to those cities, and then you're like, oh, my God, how do people live here? It takes you two hours to get there. And like, and so i tell those Lo, from California, I said, if we move to California, I want our kids' school to be next to the grocery store, our house to be about blocks from the grocery store, <laughs> yep. and the beach. So it looks like we're not going to move here because every house here is about $14 million, So right. But yeah. this is what I would want because I don't want to sit on traffic. And Jimmy's from, I'm from LA. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel it. Yeah. So it reminds you of, uh, of how easy it is to live in Kansas city, how, um, going to a stadium, going to Lee summer right now, let's say it's just straight shot and I 70 from here and no traffic. Maybe you're a little something small and that's it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: First day I moved here or first day I had work here in Kansas city after moving to LA, people told me to watch out for traffic on the grand view triangle uh, I ended up getting to work two hours early because traffic for me with my LA mind was a little different than Kansas City traffic.
2: I remember driving through that when I was coming from OP and going to the um, to the facilities at Swope. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: it's uh, it's a little different. But um, just a few more before we let you go here. Uh, next year, St. Louis is coming into MLS, and uh, you know they've made some headlines with their interesting comments about roster construction or whatnot. Daniel had a little fun with it, but uh, from like a player's perspective. Are you looking forward to having a rival, quote-unquote, that close? And is it even a rivalry if they haven't played a game yet?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I so, so Minnesota's not a rival anymore then, right?
1: I mean, I, were they ever? I don't know if
2: they ever. Yeah, right? Uh, I guess rivalries are made on the field, right? Uh, yeah, because, uh, oh, true. When you play Those got aggressive. Yeah, when you play important games, I guess that's when rivalries come, come alive. I guess, like, we had what we had with Lake going on back in the day. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what makes a rival, I guess, cross town, like LA guys, LAFC. Mm-hmm. Um, with St. Louis, I guess, same state. Um, I don't know if I-70 goes right through there by their stadium, but um, give me some highway uh, rivalry. But hey, I don't, you know, I don't know. It would be great if I come back and I get to play against St. Louis, though. Yeah, but um, well, absolutely. Uh, it's awesome though. It's awesome that the state of Missouri is having, or I guess Kansas too, because we <laughs> we play Kansas. Sure. But yeah, but it's having a, a two teams, you know, that are very close, and so in that part, you know, I don't know if it's gonna be a rivalry or not, but um, it's, it's gonna be a great games. Just because I know St. Louis has some amazing fans. Uh, I, I've heard that in the past. I've heard it's a soccer city, so surprising that it, it took this long for them to be in the league but hey i'm sure it'll be great games and uh, yeah we, we
1: can't Absolutely. call it the barbecue like they want to call it though right
2: <laughs> i mean barbecue is better here i don't think so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i went to texas and and they had a sign and uh, your barbecue sucks and i'm like you probably haven't even tried kansas city barbecue of course it's <laughs> way better i went to a place over there i had, had barbecue and kansas city is way better Okay. <laughs> Roger, as a, this this
3: podcast, we we formed it as just two super fans, and just decided we would talk about sporting Kansas City, and now Casey Current on a secondary episode. But as fans, we we have those teams that we just hate, and we we those teams that come to Children's Mercy Park, and we just. We want to kill him because maybe, uh, maybe Tim Melia rock-bottomed a guy in the goal last game or something. Or, <laughs> or you know, maybe you got a red card. I mean, I know you would never get a red card or anything like that. But is there a, is there a specific team that you just like – you really don't like playing or it gets a little aggressive in the midfield? Is there one club that
2: comes to mind? Uh, not really. I guess okay. it depends on the team and the players that are in. But, I mean – It's – being a midfielder, it's – I think it's very tough. You always have, you know, some crazy matchups because you're literally going against those guys like the entire time and it's just Mm -hmm. running and who can – yeah. Like a Kyle
3: Beckerman or something?
2: Yeah, that was a a good rivalry, I would say. Uh, That was a tough team to play. Um, You always wanted to kill them, but that was just a good rivalry. You wanted to win that game and you wanted to be – you know, you knew that that would – give you a little more of a um, power over those guys so for me yes um that was a team um you know playing Seattle when Alonso was there that was uh always very tough games uh against Houston um we always got got to play them in the conference finals we got the best out of us uh uh in those uh years so yeah it's usually difficult but there's not a team that I would say like hey you know this is the team I hate playing. There's some good players that I don't want to play because they're really good. And so you're sure. like, I'd rather get the easiest guys. But like I said, those games bring the best out of you.
3: Yeah, you mentioned Alonzo. And then he went to Minnesota. And all of a sudden, Minnesota was a little aggressive in the midfield. It was like, oh, it's not the team's
2: problem. It, Alonzo's the problem here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was there. And he, uh, he was having a lot of injury problems there. So I guess right. we, ran them, we ran him to the ground. The middle. <laughs> yeah.
1: There you go. <laughs> You mentioned earlier, you you traveled to Houston to watch The Current. You're going to Seattle this weekend to watch them. Um, Obviously, Lowe and The Current are in a playoff run right now. So what's it like for you watching her and the success that The Current are having in their second year, knowing that they have the first uh, purpose-built women's soccer stadium in the world coming in a couple of years? just What's it like for you from your perspective to see this all unfold?
2: Yeah, so like I was saying earlier, expectations, right? When Sporting opened the stadium that sets the expectation very hard for the players. And he showed the players that, hey, uh, you know, here is what we're doing for you. And hopefully it gets better. I think that's, you know, they're being a a team pretty much two years here. So Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot, a lot. I see it comparing it to sporting stuff. I think there's a lot that needs to improve on their team, but they're already going now. It looks like they're heading the right direction. Uh, In terms of the players, I mean, you know, they're professionals, you know, they're done well. I'm bringing players, but also, you know, once you're a professional, it doesn't matter if I play, if you play for LA Galaxy, you play for Sporting, you play for Seattle. Obviously there's your, you got your best players in the team, but at the end of the day, everybody's a professional. I think is the way the club runs, runs things. And here at Sporting at the, at the time, you know, we weren't the best team uh, in the league, but we were put in a, in a spot uh, where, we can improve and we can get to the next level and compete against the best team in the league. And I think that's what they're doing right now. You know, they're setting the expectation high. They got, um, you know, uh, a new coach. And I think that helped them a bit to have a more of a understanding of the style and what the culture of the club will be. And everything is just following through. And I think he gave those girls that believe that, hey, we're going to build a new stadium. So in a way, hey, you better fucking do well because (laughs) yeah you know we're doing all this for you and it puts the expectations high it brings the best out of the players and i knew these players were good i mean we always talked about it i always go to so many games a lot of players came from utah too and left uh only low and and desert i think were the only two who were here when the fckc was here but then they went in with the team in utah and they got a new team pretty much came this way which is the same team and i've known the players i've seen them i know they're very good players and i knew that if they were put in an environment, um, I think everybody—if you put in the environment to be successful—you're going to be successful. And I think it's—it's uh, it's fun to see. You know, I—I I, I didn't know that, or I didn't know when that was going to come. Uh, but I mean, I'm—I'm I'm happy for Lo because um, you know people are saying right now she's this good, but she's been really good always. And mm-hmm. um, even when I was watching the FCKC games too, and a lot of those the girls in the team are very good too. And I think they were put in an environment now where they can show everybody like, hey, you know, we are in the semifinals because we deserve to be in the semifinals. We saw them um, this year. They kind of had a run like we did in 2011, I believe. Um, and I think uh, with the new stadiums, no stopping them now. And so uh, it's great. It's great. It's something about Kansas City, the water in Kansas City that uh, that is just teams do well, uh, you know, and do well with, with very small. What I'm saying that is that the clubs don't go and buy the best players and poach players from around the world or in the United States. I'd say that they make the players here. The players become great players in Kansas City. I mean, um, we know that that happened with the Chiefs, that happened with the Royals, um, you know, and that's why it takes years to do that, to develop. So when you have five bad years, it doesn't mean that you just you just need to develop mm-hmm. players always. And you know, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you if you want to go buy and buy and buy and buy, then it just doesn't feel the same, right? In Kansas City. You know, you just become a team how you are. That's how the Chiefs did it. That's how the Royals did it. That's how Sporting did it. Uh even the com the comments I even done in the past. And hopefully uh I even before the Casey Current was here, that team did it early, Ryan mm-hmm. twelve and thirteen and fourteen. So mm-hmm. um for me it's it's the way kansas city does it and uh it's pretty cool
3: absolutely man there, there's no shortage of uh special sports to watch around here um very exciting stuff roger gonna hit you with one last uh question here before we get out of here um also it, it is on record that you've offered to show us around the training facilities so we are going to <laughs> there you go uh you know that is that's recorded <laughs> so <laughs> uh you know it i don't I don't think you're done. I think you're coming back next year, and you're not telling us. But that's whatever. It, no, <laughs> well,
2: it, I don't have. The- I haven't signed any paper. That's what I'm telling you. Okay. Long- <laughs> All right. Yeah.
3: All right. I'm. I'm looking at you, sir. Don't. Don't you play with me? <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't
2: signed anything. So if I haven't signed anything, I guess it's. it's
3: All right. All right. In the official, right? Well, they'll they'll get you if they know what's good for them. So, uh, in the future, though, I mean, when soccer's done when you're done playing you're you're like it's i'm tired of being sore all the time i'm hanging them up uh what's after that what's after being a player or do you pursue coaching like benny has do you pursue uh front office or broadcaster like jacob peterson has what have you thought anything about that
2: um yeah i mean i have uh i did get my b coaching license um last year uh, i was able to uh, help uh, with the U13s in the academy, um, that was a great experience, but I still like don't know if coaching is the way I want to go. I definitely want to take a, a few months off to see exactly what I want to do. But, you know, it's very tough. They tell you as a younger guy to prepare, right, for retirement and stuff. But the moment you start thinking about that, you start forgetting about your training and worrying about something else out, outside the field. and. Um, I feel like it's almost disrespectful to the to your teammates, to the club, and and to the fans. I think uh, at a very young age, it's very tough in the middle because you're you're you don't know if you're in the team yet or you're not in the team. You just you still got to prove yourself to the system, and it's very difficult to do that. I'm telling you that already, and I that's why I never tell young guys too much if we get to talk about it a little bit, but I don't want to them to get their head out of it because it's very 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 difficult to try to become a starter and stay there and and um and play right I mean each year there's someone who's taking your spot and that happens a lot in the pro there's a lot of very good players and so for that trying to prepare at the beginning uh it was tough but in the last six years five years I would say that I was you know got to real estate a little bit uh and that has worked out but that was a lot easier for me and some of the older guys because we already know what the league was about we already had Proven for the last 10 years, hey, I've been playing in this league for 10 years. And so you kind of get the hang of it. But I think five years, seven years, it, it's you you are a starter, but it's still very difficult. And so for me, going back to your to your question is uh, uh, I really don't know yet. Um, you know, I have done OK with my money, I believe so. So hopefully uh, I can hang out for a few months and then be able to make a decision from there. But I wouldn't rule coaching out, I will say.
3: Roger. And I got to say, it cannot be downplayed uh, how consistent you've been. I mean, to start on a regular basis, you're absolutely right. You could easily be on the bench and be like a 70 minute super sub or something like that. You know what I mean? But you are getting consistent minutes that I think people downplayed at times and are just happy to see you so healthy, so successful. Um, you know, about to be 36 years old. I think this is airing next Wednesday. So birthday was yesterday happy birthday to you man it's uh <laughs> there, you, there you go
2: awesome <laughs> thank you bro uh yeah. but yeah no absolutely i mean I, I i still think i got a lot to give um, you know uh people doesn't look at the at the big picture you know soccer is not just about going on the field and 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 playing and being like that. there's a lot in the backgrounds that goes that goes on people doesn't see um and that Helps teams win, you know, so I think I, you know, I, I wasn't expecting to start this year a lot, but I was my mentality was that I wanted to start, um, you know, and I was able to do that. But, you know, at the same time, I'm I was very happy for like Felipe and Duke and um, even Jay played a little bit. And so I was I was very happy for them. And, you know, I I totally didn't mind him. Uh, playing I always talk to them about it you know and I think those guys are coming along very very good and um, hopefully they can uh, take my spot next year and then they can say hey Roger you need to retire now (laughs) uh, but you know I always put myself as you see next year next year next year because hey that's what I do that's what gives me a positive mentality that that I need to uh, you know play the next year and that's how I keep playing I guess but
3: um, iron sharpens iron man you got these young kids with the spark they're just going to make you better you know
2: yeah, but yeah, like I said, I still got a lot to give, and uh, you know, I was very competitive this year. And uh, if I get the opportunity next year, I uh, I'll still stay competitive. Well,
1: Roger, we can't thank you enough for taking some time to talk to us. Uh, we appreciate you here on the podcast. I know Kansas City appreciates you, and 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 we hope that uh, Peter, if you're listening, let's get that contract. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so we we'll uh, hope to listen. see you next year, Roger. See but that. thank you so much yeah. for joining us.
2: Thank you. How good. One. You too. <laughs>
1: there you go my friend holy cow sporting legend, future sporting legend roger espinoza
3: well he'll never come on again because we kept him for like two hours it seems like so. <laughs> i did tell him before the podcast i was like 20 25 minutes and it was like almost 40 that we talked yeah. to him but did you mean 40 yeah we don't count well uh <laughs> We don't have to to worry about that. He's just uh,
1: kept going. He's such an interesting guy.
3: And yeah, he dropped our first player F-bomb. That is true. Fuck yeah. Buddy, (laughs) buddy, when he said it, I don't know if you saw my eyes, but I was like, (laughs) like I, they opened up so wide because it's all I could do to keep from doing like the fucking Daniel Bryan. Yes. chant. (laughs) I was so happy
1: he's so he's such an interesting person and i love that he loves kansas city i totally feel him on la being california being so expensive like i love california it'd be great to live there at some point if it didn't cost eight thousand million dollars to you know do everything
3: i needed more fountain of youth secrets i wanted some secret elixir (laughs) some secret elixir that'll cure my arthritis is that is that a thing
1: sounds like you just got to become a sporting player and get access to a
3: world-class training facility they they got the stuff. Right. And if I you know, if I had bags of ice on hand, I'd get into the ice bath situation like it's because that stuff helps. It, right. it absolutely helps and rejuvenates you and, and get your legs going. But there's nothing worse than being 36 years old and you just had a leg workout. But now you got to walk up like 15 steps. Yeah. And it's like, God, dang, this is rough.
1: I know you asked and and we had talked about like oh maybe we'll be able to break some news and see if he's coming back and I didn't <laughs> literally I didn't you know reasonably Boy, expect did that I we try. actually would but you tried you gave it you gave it a good shot but I gave I, it a try I, I do think what's clear though and I don't know that this is necessarily breaking news but what is definitely clear is he wants to come back sure it's it's not a question of ah uh, do I still have it or not or do I retire no Roger Espinoza thinks in 2023 he knows in 2023 he can be a contributor to Sporting Kansas City and if the club will have him and the price is right oh yeah he will be back here next year so
3: is uh, is it weird that I wanted to cry when he said he escaped with like no serious injuries this year I wanted to be <laughs> like I'm so proud of you like because that's yeah. a serious feat man not for not for a guy in his 30s but for a soccer player in general Anybody. to get through a season healthy mm-hmm. it, it's an anomaly sometimes and it has been for sporting the past few years, we've always had some sort of injuries. Right. So it's just, it's fantastic to see, man.
1: Well, and it's, it's great just getting his perspective and, and hearing what it's like in the locker room and knowing that like, yeah, this season didn't end how we wanted it to with missing the playoffs, but we're confident in next year and, and you know, the players that'll be back here. Like I, Every time I talk to one of these players, man, I just I get so excited for what could be next year, and I cannot wait to see 2023 come around and have a healthier sporting KC with Agata and Polito and potentially a third striker if PV gets his way, competing for minutes and you know the midfield competing for minutes with all of them. It's just I'm so excited and I'm so grateful to Roger for coming on here. Uh, I don't know if oh, you have anybody dude. who works for the city of Kansas City who listens to our podcast, but let's go, let's get the man his permits.
3: Get that permit. And I, I tell you, he's got, he like you said, he's such an interesting player that we only had a short time with him and couldn't really talk about everything that is him. Like, this wasn't mm-hmm. a profile on Roger Espinoza. No. But if I wanted to, I could have been like, oh, dude was, you know, grew up in Honduras and, and moved to Denver for a bit. And then... Mm-hmm. You know, was uh, went to Ohio State, right? And and I think he's a big Buckeyes fan. He is. Um, was named first team All Big Ten, second team All Region, and earned a spot on the NCAA College Cup All Tournament team. Yes, I'm reading Wikipedia. Sue <laughs> me. Uh, this is all off the top of his head. Yeah, I know all of this. I know everything about him. But it's it's exciting, man. And I, I know he's uh, I know he supports Ohio State football and whatnot as well. So American football, that is. Yeah.
1: It's just there's so many things i mean i'd love to talk to him more about he mentioned how he dabbled in real estate how he's yeah. done pretty decent with managing his finances like that's a big feat too because how many times do you hear about athletes who get taken by somebody that they thought was trustworthy but but wasn't or you know they didn't know how to manage money because like he said some of these people come in and they've never had a bank account so how are you suddenly supposed to be handed six figures or more in cash and figure out how to responsibly handle it when you've never had a bank account and he seems Dude. like he has done a fantastic job sort of uh, planning for the future, whatever that is. And, and it's clear that he's going to be very thoughtful and deliberate in whatever he does next. Uh, he'll probably have some fun nights at in, in Westport after he retires a little bit and then uh, make some life decisions. So,
3: Buddy, I wonder if when the whole Felipe Hernandez thing went down is if he became Daddy Raj real fast. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, oh, yeah. And was like, dude, what are you doing? You know, I, I I could see that because he's always been a mentor to the younger players and the foreign players that come in. Like we didn't even get to talk about how when a new player comes into the team from like another country, mm-hmm. they room with Roger at training camp,
1: especially if they're a Spanish speaking player. Like yeah, I mean, especially who, who have we talked to before? There's been a couple of players that we've talked to that were primarily Spanish speaking players or Spanish speaking players when they came over and they're like, yeah, I roomed with Roger and he really got me up to speed and, and helped me understand what it means to be a sporting Kansas City player
3: absolutely and i think other players have just told us that like oh yeah we just got such and such he roomed with roger of course you know yeah uh it's man just a legend dude like you you prefaced it sporting legend on our podcast um it's pretty cool he complimented your scarf wall dude he did compliment my scarf wall everyone compliments my scarf wall i don't know if you (laughs) i don't know if you know that but and if they don't i'm always like care to Okay, to look at my scarf? Well, I'll be, I'll be like Vanna White up in this bitch. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. There was a part of me that was like, "Hold on, Roger, let me
1: disconnect my computer. Let me take you to the other room." I, I, I got one too. I have one too, Roger. <laughs> I, and
3: we're like, Jimmy, we don't have time for this. It's supposed to be 25 minutes. You're like, "No, 40." <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I just, I'm super appreciative for Roger, what, to what Roger for joining. What is life
3: right now? what is life like i'm I'm being just, honest people look at roger espinoza as a club legend yeah. as a soccer legend mm-hmm. um had had to throw a couple couple red card jokes in there he had did. to throw that in there he did he laughed I sure he didn't yeah sure he didn't want to talk about it but he does hold that record so what are you gonna do
1: but just uh just super cool it'd be great to see him around uh sporting kc next year uh maybe on the field hopefully on the field but in whatever let's capacity. set that
3: tour up go. listen here patrick bergabo you heard it bet <laughs> it up let's let's go record at the training center that can happen right it'd oh, be so cool we'll do it let's get it done
1: well uh you got anything else for uh, our good our good friends uh, you know full disclosure we're recording this a little earlier than we normally do so uh if you know if there's any news that broke i will try to cover it in sort of a little intro to this episode but as of now yeah. anything else you want to tell our good listeners
3: life is good man i mean get over there and support uh currently our second episode mm-hmm. and uh watch the watch the women this weekend taking on uh well taking on airs, rain. that will already uh, have happened yep god damn it you just said that Gah, <laughs> what is time i don't yeah. know it's weird it's all right no big deal you know when when a lot of times we just can't be available so we gotta schedule these things early and and it is what it is so i appreciate your flexibility you are a gentleman and a scholar oh well, thank you sir
1: <laughs> well thank you all so much for, for listening make sure you uh, leave us that five star rating and review if you have not yet done so on uh, spotify or apple podcasts make sure you follow us on twitter and instagram at no other pod at dan kuzer at jcmac03 or shoot us an email no at gmail.com thanks again to roger espinoza for joining us and uh, we will catch y'all later see ya
3: best friends with roger espinoza it's happened <laughs>